most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Mrs. Jones Yes, sir You look glamorous Thank you Resplendent As do you Oh, thank you Yes Yeah, we have been, we've literally just walked in from a wedding We have Shelby and Jared, fantastic wedding It was a great wedding But we're dressed to the nines Well, to the nines might be extreme Uh, You're certainly much more dressed up than I am You know, when you say to the extreme I think the next thing you're going to, to say is... To the extreme, I'm rock a mic like a vandal and light up a stage and something about a candle. Iliac. It's like a rap sack. Backpack. <laughs> There's no rap sack okay. or backpack <laughs> okay. in Vanilla Ice's seminal classic. <laughs> well, I just know a different version. But I, know, I know the Canadian version. <laughs> nevertheless, when you say mm-hmm. to the extreme, that is the next line See? I think of. Did you have fun at the wedding? I did. It was a beautiful wedding. The food was fantastic. People were awesome. I wanted to stay and dance. But alas. You were here recording a podcast instead. We had to record a podcast, yeah. They had a taco bar. They did. I wish we had a taco bar. It's brilliant. I didn't know about tacos back then. You'd never had a taco when we got married 12 years ago. Never had a taco. I don't think so. Are you serious? Did we ever eat Mexican food in Canada? Well, we went to the Lone Star all the time. Well, that was Tex-Mex and we would have fajitas. Right. But I, 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 I wouldn't even say I had branched into the realms of Mexican food. Okay. But well, yeah, tacos. It didn't occur to us, but we wish it had. Good choice. Tacos for the win. Although, having said that, I did like our wedding food. I don't remember it. Of course you don't. Well, I was thinking about other things. <laughs> Talk to me about this week. Um, well, at the school, we had David Campbell uh, and Lyle Phillips. So David Campbell was on year two and Lyle Phillips was teaching year one. And it didn't matter which year you were in, there was a Holy Spirit bonanza. It's true. It's totally true. Holy Spirit uh, was everywhere. It was amazing. And then, of course, at Emanate on Monday night, it was crazy town. People were stuck to the floor by the Holy Spirit until like 1130 at night. And the thing I loved about David is, as a Pentecostal, he has a really well thought out theology on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I thought his message, I would recommend to anybody who doesn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Oh, cool. Like if I'd, you know, growing up in the Brethren Church that I grew up in, where we didn't major on the work of the Holy Spirit... That's not a fair characterization for their revelation. But from what I know now, I would say that we didn't major on the work of the Holy Spirit. If I could have heard his message that he preached Monday night 20 years ago, it would have fast-tracked me. He was so good explaining about how you receive the Holy Spirit, how you you partner with the Holy Spirit. I'll put a link in the show notes. If if you didn't get to see it or you'd like to learn more about the Holy Spirit, I highly recommend David's message. So cool. But anyway, you're right. It was amazing having both of them there. Thank you, guys. What else happened? You took the girls on a father-daughter dance. A daddy-daughter dance. Daddy-daughter dance. Their school, I guess the PTA, did something called Boots and Bling. Yep. Which is where the little girls could dress up in anything from cowgirl boots to full-on bling. And their daddies were to take them to a dance. Yeah. How excited were our girls on a scale of one to a hundred? <laughs> Four hundred. They were just... I took Tia out on Wednesday to go and get a special dress. And of course she she picked like... Uh, turquoise is one of her favorite colors. But, right. But she picked like the dressiest, most princessy kind of dress ever. And then Abby, of course, is kind of coming into her own style. She's a little bit older. So she... Uh, wore a dress that a friend had given her um, with cowboy boots because she, the, to her, the most important part was the boots. To Tia, the most important part was the princess look. So. And the thing about Tia was she was worried she didn't have shoes because she was like, Mommy, I only have flip-flops, which I cannot wear to a dance. That's right. Or sneakers, mm-hmm. neither of which is appropriate. Can I get a pair of ballet flats? 
Yeah. So we went and got some ballet flats, which were super cute. But she had to wear like white, almost gym socks with them because they were so big. Um. Anyway. Yeah, but she looked amazing. She looked so cute. And Tia was like, Daddy, do you have anything that would be really nice to wear? Like something you might wear to a wedding. Like, do you have one of those things where you have a shirt and you have a tie and then your jacket matches your pants? She didn't know it was called a suit. And I said, I do. She's like, could you wear that pretty, please, pretty, please? And I said, I will. And they were giddy with excitement. Didn't she ask you to be all in black? She did. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tia on the dance floor was amazing. She was like an octopus on crack. <laughs> limbs flailing She's got everywhere. The oh, it was amazing. And I was rebuked that I didn't dance enough. Oh, by who? By both of them. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't want to show up the other dads. If I bust a move, it's all over. You know, your kindness is just, it's amazing. It's my meekness. Yeah. I don't know what's greater. My meekness, my kindness. Or your uh, ability to pretend that you can dance. (laughs) Or my fictitious imagination. Yep. Saturday, I think a highlight, we had blueberry French toast, which should only be a Christmas tradition. Explain why we had it on Saturday. Um, Well, usually we don't have gluten, so I don't make it very often. That's not what I was referring to. (laughs) You're adorable. We had a a bunch of our M&A leaders over, so we made like a brunch kind of thing. So I made um, a couple batches of the blueberry French toast, which seemed to go over well. Uh, it was amazing. And then we had bacon, which we hardly ever have bacon. Yes. And yogurt. Yes. And orange juice. Yes. And breakfast potatoes. Yes. I was one happy bunny. Yes. It was It was a full breakfast. I forgot to mention thing. that while I was out with the girls dancing the night away, you took MJ somewhere special. Yeah, I did. I took him on a mummy son date. And uh, my friend Lauren, she brought her son, Isaiah, who's one of MJ's little besties, and we went to this jumping place. Now, it isn't just a jumping place. No, it has like a whole ninja area. So there was like ropes you could swing off into foam pits and um, just all kinds of craziness. Describe the phenomenon that is American Ninja Warrior. Although when I say that, I have to say it like the presenters. American Ninja Warriors. Um, we love the American Ninja Warriors. Uh, it's it's a TV show of basically, I mean, it seems like most people that do it are rock climbers and things like that. Like yeah. incredible upper body strength or gymnasts or whatever. Um, but it's an obstacle course with sort of extreme obstacles. Yeah, it's an endurance test. Yeah. But of they're exceptional physical. On the show... They they haven't actually been they haven't actually done these obstacles before. They change them up every year, you know, at least a little bit, and they don't get to try them out first. And it's just sort of a, um, you know, it comes down to your agility and your speed and your ability to maneuver around new things and all that kind of stuff. And um, the kids love it, so they love the show. And then when my friend said, "Oh, there's like a ninja warrior area," I had said that to MJ. I was like, MJ, there's a ninja warrior area. And he said, okay, well, is there water? And I thought he meant like drinking water. And I was like, oh yeah, baby, I'm sure there's water. And he's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go if there's water. And he was just freaking out because on the TV show, of course, if you drop off of the obstacle, you drop into a tank of water. So he was thinking I was going to allow him to drink. When he got there, was he super excited? Oh, he was so excited. And him and Isaiah just sort of ran around holding hands and Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah is a beast. She, he was just like jumping off of things and doing flips and just totally fearless. And MJ was happy to watch him in his fearless moments. But then he was, uh, he had a lot of fun on the trampolines and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was really cute. Oh, to be young and agile enough to do flips. Right. Very cute. 
And then our friend David Wagner is in town. He is. Yeah, he spoke, spoke this Two morning. amazing messages at Grace Center this morning. Really good. Be excited to hang out with him. Yeah. Talk to us about the topic for this week, babe. Um, the topic for this week is hindsight. I was uh, thinking about when we were thinking about like what to talk about. I thought, you know, there's so many things in life where, you know, in the moment, whatever the situation is, feels, you know, hard or unfair or like God isn't listening or whatever the case may be. And then when you look back in hindsight, you realize it was due to God's amazing planning and his amazing fathering that the thing that we thought we desperately wanted wasn't the thing that we got. Right. And it's never when you're in the season that you think, you know, the reason I'm not getting this is because of God's wonderful planning. You're just like, hey, what's going on? This doesn't feel fair or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I was thinking there's a number of times that I could think of where in looking back, it was due to God's kindness that something didn't happen the way we thought it should have happened. Right. Um, and not due to God not knowing where we are or what's going on. So my thought was to talk about hindsight. Yeah. When David Campbell was here this week, he said this, both faith and fear believe in something that has not happened yet. Right. And if we're called to walk by faith, that means we actually believe what's coming and live according to a promise. If we don't live according to faith, which is the temptation, you know, we right. live by reality. Right. It means we believe the wrong weather report. Right. What was the thing he said also about, you know, the the fruit of the faithfulness of God is always going to be greater than the pain of the process. Yeah, that was David Wagner, different David. Ah. So David this morning said that yeah. the fruit of God's faithfulness will outweigh the pain of our process. Yeah. Hindsight, we often joke when we teach on the prophetic that very rarely do we understand our prophetic words the day we get them. Yeah. They're best understood in hindsight. You know, oh, when, yeah. when you stop and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're so creative and the way you've weaved that prophetic word into our life and, and how it's come to pass. Yeah, we so often think it's about the specific area that happens to be highlighted on our heart at that moment when usually it's much bigger than that, much right. broader than that, much better actually than probably what we think it's for. I was thinking about when I was in, um, when I did my postgraduate in teaching, I had a professor, his name was Dr. Tom Conlon. And he said this, he said, experience plus reflection equals learning. So if all we ever do is just experience, but never pause to reflect, we actually miss out on one of the most effective tools God's given us for growth. Just learning. Because God gives us hindsight so that we can be confident in what's coming. Yeah. There's a danger that we won't learn how God works if we don't prioritize rest and reflection. Yeah, and thankfulness, I think. Right. We, we use hindsight to understand what God was up to for, so we're strengthened for the next season. Right. So I always think about the reason God gives you testimonies is to threaten the next giant in your life. Right. So you think about David. The reason he had such confidence up against Goliath was he reviewed God in hindsight, rescuing him from the, the lion and the bear. Right. You know, that victory gave him confidence that the next victory was around the corner. Right. And I, I think it was Bill who was saying, we've got to be able to practice worshiping the Lord in our lack, otherwise we're going to look foolish in his abundance. Right. You know, how many times have you like, God, you've forgotten about me, and then he shows up and you're like, oh, just kidding, Lord, can I take that back? <laughs> we've actually got to practice the posture of thankfulness before we receive what he's doing 
it's easy to praise God once it all makes sense. Right. But it's when we don't understand what he's doing is when our worship is the most expensive. Yeah. And therefore the sweetest. Right. So so give me some examples of hindsight and how it's helped in your life. Well, one of the ones I thought of, and I think we've told this story before, but I remember this uh, season in our lives. We just had Abigail and um, we were praying for uh, more space. So we were sort of like, okay, um, we love living with John and Carol and we love the basement. Um, But, you know, Abby was, I don't know, six or nine months old. And we were sort of like, I think we probably need some more space. I think we probably um, just, just need to have a playroom type area for her or something. And so we were in, in that process, the Lord said to us, Hey, why don't you start looking at houses? And so we started looking at houses uh, around Toronto. And of course, Toronto is a very expensive city to own a house in. And so uh, we were looking and dreaming and we felt like the Lord you know, just was challenge, really challenging us to dream with him. And so we were like, wow, that's amazing. You know, God is challenging us to dream with him right now in this season, which means therefore in this season, we're going to have a breakthrough, you know, according right. to what we believe. And so we were, you know, in the midst of that, uh, we were sharing with Gary and Sarah, who were, uh, who are friends of ours. And, um, they were talking about how, oh yeah, they were really happy. They didn't have a house and, you know, they lived out of suitcases and it was great not to have anything to worry about taking care of and, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I totally get it, you know, because they uh, hadn't started having children yet. And so we were like, yeah, you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not how I feel. I feel like there's a transition coming. And it's always hard when you feel like transition is coming because often you don't know the actual timing. Right. So anyway, during this season, Gary calls us one day and says, you're not going to believe what happened. And we're like, what? And he's like, these guys gave us a house. You know, these businessmen gave us a house. And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, I mean, we didn't even want a house. And here's this house and it's on a golf course and it's got three garages and four bedrooms and this, that, and the other. And I remember just being like, I, I need to go and get my heart straight before I can be excited for you. Cause I'm actually a little upset, you know, cause I think I really thought God had crocodile arms. You know, if he'd broken through for them, that meant he couldn't break through for me. Right. That like somehow, he'd used his last miracle on their house. Right. That somehow their blessing came at the expense of your blessing. Right. And so I remember sort of just being like, it was a sort of a brief conversation. And then we hung up and I was like, babe, my heart's so sore. I don't know what's going on. I'm really upset about this. You did much better than I did. And um, just prayed a bit and whatever, and then finally could get excited, you know, and then we called them back. It was like, that's great. And, you know, whatever. And what's funny is, you know, in hindsight, if the Lord had given us a house during that season, it would have been much harder to move. We moved within a year. We moved like eight months later. Right. And uh, to to a different country. You know, so it was right that transition was coming. What we were feeling was coming that God was challenging our hearts, that we were going to have a house. You know, he was talking to us about all that stuff. But because we didn't have the timing, we thought we were getting shortchanged. Right. You know, I, again, I think it was Bill Johnson who said this, that the best way to prepare for your own miracle is to celebrate in somebody else's. Right. Which is awesome. But it, it does drive up that whole thing of... The, the fallacy that somehow other people's blessings come at the expense of ours. Right. 
Right. And it is so important that we understand, oh, wait, you know, their breakthrough is our breakthrough. Like what they're, what you're seeing right now is what's possible. Right. Like God is still in the business of giving people houses. Yeah. You know, that, that can be your heart response or it can be like, come on, God, why them and not me? I've prayed longer. I wanted it more or whatever. Right. But when that happens, it usually indicates idolatry in our heart. Right. That the very thing God would love to do would actually be an idol to us. So he's just using delay. Yeah. I'm sure it indicated a whole bunch of things in my heart. <laughs> well, the other funny thing in that season was, you know, God was saying, how want you to go dream about looking at houses? And of course, me being ever so pragmatic, I was like, this seems like a waste of time. Because after church on a Sunday, we'd just drive around all these new developments in Toronto and look at houses. Right. And, you know, one day the Lord came to me and said, hey, I have a question for you. And I was like, oh, what's your question, Lord? He's like, well, I asked you to dream. And I was like, uh-huh. He's like, so why are you just looking at houses in this price range? And I'm like, well, that, that's what's reasonable. That's, that's what we could afford. And the Lord was like, you can't afford any of it. Right. Like, exactly. Why have you narrowed it down to a manageable? Is that what your dreams look like? Right. Aren't dreams supposed to be... Bigger than manageable. B- bigger than what's, you know potential. And I was like, oh Lord, already you're doing a number on my heart. This is years before any of that would ever manifest. Right. But yeah, I can say it's amazing. You get to look back. I was thinking about when I had finished my school year in Toronto. Yeah. And to my utter shock, John and Carol Arnett, our pastors in Toronto, I had asked them if, if I could intern with them. And they were like, sure you can. And so I was getting ready to spend a whole year traveling around the world with two of my heroes and and I my little brain couldn't comprehend what was happening and, and at that time at the end of the school everybody was asking everybody what are you doing next have they asked you to be a small group leader are you going home have you got a job are you going to volunteer at the church and I didn't want to tell anybody what had happened right. mostly because a I was fearful like I spoke to John on the Sunday I was somehow thinking that by Monday he would realize what a colossal mistake he'd made and cancel it and so if I told people this is what was going to be happening then I'd look stupid and oh I should have known that, that there was some mistake or B I was worried that people would think that somehow I'd manipulated my way into it and you know I'd wormed my way into this or or C I was worried that people would think well why you like why on earth would you get you know and and basic fear of man all over the place so I didn't tell anybody and in hindsight, I realized I completely missed the heart of the prophetic community we had. A, pretty much everybody knew because they're super prophetic. And B, when people did find out, they were thrilled for me. Right. They were super encouraging. But So you missed being able to celebrate a milestone because of fear. Totally. Missed that. And I actually judged all my friends as being judgmental. How ironic is that? Hmm. So I actually kept something that was huge to me from the community of people that loved me. And so I've, I, you know, with hindsight, I've realized, oh, actually, Lord, I, I missed an opportunity to grow. Mm, that's a good one. Speaking about growing. Yeah. I was out in, in Bethel. I was at one of the leaders' events a couple of years ago. And I forget who it was. One, one of the leaders said, you know, we found that we've had to kiss a lot of frogs to find some princes. And they were talking about how, you know, when you raise up leaders, you're never quite sure what's going to happen when people get what we call the ring of power. Right. And I was thinking about how, in hindsight, we've learned a ton about our own leadership style and the leadership style of others that we've raised up. Yeah. And how important hindsight is in that process. And I was thinking, if if we haven't, I'd say this to leaders, if you haven't grown in your leadership capabilities in the last two years, you're not reflecting enough. Right. You, you can't think that you've arrived as a leader. I'd seriously hope I'm a better leader today than I was two years ago. 
Right. And I certainly hope more that I'll be a better leader in two years' time than I am right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that only comes by getting reflection and feedback. Yeah. So think about the things that we've learned about, you know, hindsight. I think one of the biggest mistakes we made was we confused the skill set it requires to be a son and a daughter for the skill set requires to be a mother or a father. What do you mean? Well, so when we moved here, I'd only ever been a son. Right. And I just thought, oh, it's the same skill set that's right, required. Right, Yeah, you're but right. But no, actually, it's not. Yeah. fathers and mothers are hugely intentional. Yeah. I had to learn to be intentional. Yeah. I, you know, I just thought everybody would be like me. Hey, if you need help, you just call. And I realized, no, actually people need nurture. People need checked in on. People yeah. need connection. Yeah. And I because I wasn't wired like that and because I'd go and get it if I needed it. Like if, if I needed anything from John and Carol, I wouldn't wait for them to come and ask me about it. I would go to them and say, hey, I have a question about this. Or, hey, right. would you... Same. They create such an environment where I felt very free to go and speak to them. Right. And then when we moved here, I just thought all our leaders would do the same. They would just approach us. But right. if they'd never been fathered, how would they know to do that? Right. So I was just saying, oh, everything's going great. And not realizing, oh, people are starving for training and teaching and connection and love. And like, oh, I actually have to be intentional with those things. So I'd like to apologize to everybody that I learned to pastor <laughs> and practice being a leader yes. on. Yes, please so forgive us. That. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's some hindsight for you. That's a good one. I was thinking in terms of, uh, you know, seasons and, and not knowing what God is doing. Yeah. Uh, the other story I thought of was, before we got pregnant with Abigail, you know, we would book like a year and a half in advance, you know, to, to go and travel to. Right. For, so for contact's sake, what we did for a living was we, we traveled the world literally and spoke at conferences and, and churches and schools. Right. And so that, that would all be invitation. People would phone us up and we would typically book, like you said, six months to a year in advance where people would say, Hey, would you come to Australia and do this conference or, would you come to the UK and, you know, do this prophetic seminar? Right. But during this particular season, we were, we were booking even further out than that. And I remember in the summer we're we, in the one summer we were trying to book for the following summer and um, nothing was happening. Like we weren't getting any invitations for that season of time. And then, you know, we'd get some churches that would say, hey, Oh, we want to have you, you know, sometime next year. And we go, Oh, great. And we try and plug them in somewhere in this, gap where we didn't have any um, bookings and we just could not make anything stick. It was like, you know, we would throw something up against that calendar and just peel right off. And I remember thinking like, babe, we're not going to eat. Like we're we're in trouble here. We had this large five month gap. Right. We had invitations coming before and invitations coming after. Right. But nothing for five months in the middle. And it was, it was like packed before and after. And when we try and offer anything in that five month gap, it just would never work. Uh, And then we found out like months later that we were pregnant. And actually that five month gap was the first five months of Abby's life. Um, and you know, she was preemie and there was lots of adjusting to do and, you know, to get on a schedule, to get everything figured out so that we could travel with a baby, all that kind of stuff. So it was really funny because God actually took care of all of it. He took care of all the finances. And in fact, during that time cleared all of our debt, right? um, which we were in an enormous amount of debt. Right. Who would have thought that we stopped working? (laughs) We stopped working, we, I mean, started we tried resting. To. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of that season, our debt was paid. Yeah. 
That sounds like God. But, but at the time we were panicked about that five months and we were just like, gosh, God, you know, what is going on? You know, I thought you said you were going to provide. I thought you said X, Y, and Z. I thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, in hindsight, you look back and you're like, God so perfectly planned everything that we had a five month gap to rest and recover and recuperate and figure out having a baby and just enjoy her and both of us be home and all that kind of stuff. You know, in hindsight, we're like, oh, it's the kindness of God. But when you're heading into that season and not being able to see that, it's it seems kind of scary. The trick, of course, is hindsight tends to work itself out if we allow it to. Yeah. If you don't quit, seriously, if you don't quit in the process eventually it all becomes clear. Yeah. Now, sometimes it doesn't become clear this side of eternity, but generally speaking, if you wait long enough, you see the hand of God at work in your life. Right. The trick is to bring that trust and that faith into the present day. Right. Where hindsight isn't helping you right now and foresight seems like guesswork. Right. So that's where you trust. You're just like, okay, God, I believe that you said something. I try to be obedient. I'm in the midst of it. I don't know how this all works out. Circumstances seem contrary to my words, but I'm trusting you. And you can trust because you've built up all these little testimonies of God breaking through. If you can go back and remind yourself of what he's done before that you didn't see and he proved himself faithful. If you can go back and be thankful and focus on those things, then you can actually build up or strengthen your trust and your faith to be able to head into the next season and know he's still the same God that he was last year. Right. And the way to do that is, like you said, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Recall to mind the things he's done for you. Right. But also be in a community where people are sharing their present day victories. Right. Because it actually gives you hope. It, it gives you confidence. Okay, God is still on the throne. Now, of course God's still on the throne. But like I said, we tend to believe whatever weather report system is speaking loudest to us. Right. And that's why stillness is so important. Like, yeah. Father, what are you saying? Not what is my bank balance saying? Not what are my um, friends saying? Not what is the news saying? Or what are those doctors saying? Right. It's so important to have peace in the word of the Lord. Yeah. What about parenting? What about parenting? Well, think about what you've learned with a third child as opposed to what you knew with your first child. Like, for example, when you have your first child, you don't know if anything you're doing is right or if it's working. Yeah. You have nothing to compare it with. Yeah. And you think everybody else is judging your parenting ability. Mm-hmm. Most people don't care about your parenting abilities, I, I promise you. Or when you're in a restaurant, you think that everybody else can hear your kid. Right. And that your your child is single-handedly ruining the dinner of everyone in the entire restaurant. <laughs> By the time you have your second or your third kid, you've got some hindsight. You're yeah. just like, oh, the first one survived. Yeah. It doesn't matter if this next one eats dog food. It's, it's <laughs> fine. It all works itself uh, out. I don't remember arriving at the dog food phase, but uh, anyway. You never left them alone with me. Oh, dear. Just kidding. <laughs> so there you go, folks. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to encourage you. Take some time out this week to just have a coffee time with the Lord. If you don't like coffee, substitute it for something nicer. And just sit and write out some of the experiences you've been through with God where you have the benefit of hindsight. Where you get to look back on what you did and you see the majesty of God weaving together an amazing story. And consider that where you are right now, your chapter has not been written. Yeah. It's still being written. And how this chapter ends is largely dependent on our attitude right now. Yeah. So choosing to trust God, choosing to commit to obedience 
is super vital for uh, for not only getting through the season, but possibly shortening the length of time that you're there. What is it Joyce Meyer said? The, the length of time you spend in the desert is largely dependent on your attitude while there. <laughs> right. Which is like, oh. Okay, babe, I have a listener's question for you. Hit me. It says, you mentioned that you had an app to block spam calls. I would love for you to just give a list of all, yes, all, the apps that make your life easier. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> My future self thanks you as well. Perfect. Well, maybe we should do a podcast all about the apps that we use. That may or may not appeal to some people. Yeah, I think some people would tune out right away, like myself, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Haven't, hasn't your life been improved by the apps? Yeah, I've I like Catan on my phone. It's okay, really fun. the Settlers of Catan. Tonight, yeah. for example, mm-hmm. I'm outside at this wedding, which was a beautiful wedding. You were smart. You bought a winter jacket. Yes. I'm sitting there cold thinking, oh, well, I wouldn't give for a cup of tea right now. So you used that app that turns your phone into a heater and you shoved it inside your suit jacket. No, I used that app that schedules somebody else to go to Starbucks for me, picks up a cup of tea and dropped it off for me at the front <laughs> The front steps of the wedding. So venue. funny. I had so many people go, where'd Alan go? Has he left already? And I was like, no, he's waiting for like an Uber driver who's dropping off his Starbucks tea so that he can get warm again. <laughs> so anyway, maybe one day we'll talk about all the apps. But the app that you're asking about in question is an app called No More Robo. And I will put a link to that in the in the show notes because it's hard to spell. But basically it means no more robotic calls. Is that what it's called? Robotic calls? That's not right. Robo-dialers, you know, these computers that just dial numbers after numbers and after numbers and spam. So the app I use is called No More Robo. It costs about, I think, $3 a month, and it updates itself every half an hour with all new numbers. And since I've been using it, I've maybe had one spam call. No false positives. It's brilliant. Well, I highly recommend it. Can you put it on my phone? Oh, wait, I'm so sorry. I thought you were the person that would be bored to tears if I talked about the apps that I use. You're supposed to be doing my tech support. What do you think (laughs) I pay you the big bucks for? Well, you know what? You should tune in in a couple of weeks when we talk about apps. See? (laughs) You might learn something. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Just put it on my phone. (laughs) All right, baby, let's wrap this bad boy up. What do we need to say? Our applications for our School of Supernatural Life are open. Yep, year one and year two. If you'd like to spend eight months with us in gorgeous Franklin, Tennessee, learning all about the wonderful presence of God, his nature as a loving father and be empowered to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We would love you to come and consider uh, doing our school. If you've done year one, you're welcome to do year two. If you haven't done our school, you can learn more about it at gracecenter.us slash school. The show notes for this evening, you can find at alanandaj.com slash 141. And then lastly, AJ's book, Finding Father, is back in stock at our website. If you haven't read Finding Father, it is a 12-week study guide designed to increase your intimacy with God. In the book, it teaches you how to soak, how to hear the voice of God, and more importantly, how to redefine your understanding of who God is and what he's like. I highly recommend it. Not just saying that because I'm married to the author, but we've got so (laughs) many five-star reviews from people all over the world who've loved that book. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Thanks, babe. I also wanted to let you know that for those of you that have been asking when the video course will be available, we don't actually know yet, probably in the next couple of months. Uh, But as soon as we do have it ready to go, we will be sure to let you know both on the podcast and through the website. And as we wrap up, uh, we're constantly encouraged. Every week we seem to meet people who are saying, hey, I listen to your podcast or so-and-so suggests I listen to your podcast. And we found that word of mouth is the most effective way 
of people discovering our podcast. So if you can think of somebody that would greatly benefit from listening to this episode, um, they'd really encourage it and we'd sure encourage it if you'd recommend our podcast. If you could do that for us, it would make everybody's world a little bit brighter. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan yeah. and AJ oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone